Hello everyone, it's Thursday, one more day to Friday, one more day to the weekend, but I'm going to help you break up this week, don't worry, we're going to get over the hump together, all will be revealed in 25 seconds, I've got my bow ready, I've got the mess in my room ready, but more importantly, I've got an amazing guest ready, just 15 more seconds, don't worry about it, we'll be there, grab that sandwich, is it prep today, or is it a are a very mediocre Sainsbury's. Don't worry about it. We'll go for it now. Hello everyone, I am Stephen Drew and it's Thursday and together we're alive. I've got a fantastic guest here. The ominous Chris here is actually Chris Simmons, who you may have seen on LinkedIn. Chris is an architect well, that, that really helps because the show is about architecture, isn't it? But he's an architect um, who does amazing illustrations, does all this crazy, awesome stuff, is at Squires and & Partners and has set up something called Architects in- Instruction. Now, Chris, welcome to the stage. And I should have tested this before, but hopefully you can hear a, a clap and I'll do one here. I can hear a well, clap. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I did a mumbo jumbly <laughs> intro there maybe you can eloquently tell me and the audience a little bit about yourself and then we'll we'll go into the nitty-gritty yeah, of what we're talking course, about today okay so i'm chris chris simmons um so i'm an associate director at squire and partners i've been there for eight years um i i think i started there when i just qualified as an architect so i'm, I'm about eight years qualified post part three um and I think my experience of architecture has been incredibly positive. You know, I'm really passionate about saying, actually, I really love being an architect. And, you know, yeah. I think it's a really positive and, 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 you know, varied career path. And, you know, part of that is me setting up Architects Instruction, which is um, basically a sort of support and mentoring service um, community type thing for uh, young architects and architecture students trying to basically kind of, you know, make support you of, of, of in, in your kind of, you know, careers, look at how um, you can transition from university into practice, support at sort of both ends and, you know, try and give a bit of um, my experience and, you know, my know-how um, trying to make things a bit easier. And there's a, there's a good quote that I read recently on, on the socials and, you know, it, it was be the person that you needed, um, you know, earlier in your career sort of thing. So, you know, that's, that's my aim is, is trying to give a bit back and, and um, help you guys and, you know, make that journey a bit easier because it's long, it's arduous, it's, you know, got very different directions you can go in. You know, architecture is such a, a large and varied career path as, you know, Stephen will tell you, you know, you don't necessarily just begin, you know, don't, you don't do an architecture course just to become an architect. There's so many other ways, you know, other things you can go into and, you know, different avenues you can go down. So yeah, basically it's, it's, you know, trying to support and, um, you know, do a bit more and, and like Stephen says, you know, I, I love drawing, you know, I've always been passionate about drawing and mm. it's kind of importance in architecture and communicating, um, you know, your ideas. So that's mm. a big passion of mine. And that sort of comes through in, in the content that I sort of produce. Um, I love it. Yeah. I think that's, that's kind of the summary of it. Amazing. Well, you can see my Chrome here because I didn't select just the browser. So if anyone's thinking of robbing me, yeah, I'm actually looking at security doors at the moment. So Don, Thank goodness I haven't got my address out there, Chris, because everyone can see all my tabs. But hopefully they're looking at your awesome sketches and not that. I should just say, because we're alive, if anyone at any point has a question for Chris, just ask it. And as long as it's not too inappropriate, then it's kind of okay. It can be a little bit it's provocative, okay. but, you know, as long as <laughs> it's in the, in the realm of acceptability so I don't get banned on LinkedIn, we will have that question. So... Me and Chris, we're going to talk a little bit about the architect's instruction in a, in a bit more detail later. But it was actually interesting, Chris. So I'm going to bring it back to us for just a second. So before this, 
We were talking about a few things we wanted to cover today, and I think one important topic is actually the disconnect between architecture, school, and practice. And my understanding is that's probably one of the fuels that made you do your website, maybe, and, and, and the way you help students as well and, and constantly bringing people into the Squires Partners office and so forth. But could you tell me in your experience, and then I'll share mine a little bit, how, mm. where you feel the disconnect is between architecture, school, and practice? So I think, <clears throat> I think everyone's kind of, everyone that's been through the process realizes that there is a disconnect. And yeah. I think there are some positives and some negatives to that. You know, mm -hmm. I think, like I said, architecture is a massive career. You know, it is yeah. a massive, you know, sphere of, of, of different career paths and things like that. Mm. And it's very complicated and you can't learn it all in university. No. Um, I think basically from my experience, you know, you do your part one, you do three years. I went to um, uh, architecture school at Canterbury. Um, and that's very much art space. So it's, it's a, an old sort of 60s arts college that's, um, that runs the course. And I had a great experience, but obviously you come into practice and you're just like, wow, this is, <laughs> this is different. different world. This is kind of, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, I think nine times out of 10, the, the architects you will talk to will say similar things. Yeah. Um, and I think in some parts it's very difficult because you are, you know, you make a lot of assumptions, you make a lot of, you know, it's quite scary going into practice and, and understanding, you know, so many different phases of design, you know, on yeah. site, uh, you know, pre-construction things. And it's just, it can be very intimidating. Now, yeah. I've also found that going back for part two, you know, there were still people that weren't really sure about their career path at part two. Mm. So they would go, oh, you know, I, I want to be an architect, I think, you know, I need to do a part two, maybe. So I'll, I'll do that. And you, you know, you get drawn along this, you know, this, this career of, you know, learning of seven years or eight years or not. I think, I mean, there's not many people that do it in seven years anymore, I don't think. Um, but, you know, along this journey with this idea of, you know, becoming an architect is, is this, this, this thing over here. And still at part two, there are people that aren't quite sure. And, and, you know, I think it was only at part two where it really clicked for me that this is definitely, definitely, definitely what I want to do. And, and me seeing the sort of the wood through the tree sort of thing, like just, you know, being able to mm. kind of understand the role and understand you know, that this would be my future career. And, and you know, I'm, I'm like I said, I, I love being an architect and I'm really happy that I've done it. But it is that thing of, you know, in one, in one space, I kind of think there's a positive that you are, you know, you're not stuck learning all the technical elements and all the boring stuff at university. I, like, I, yeah. I enjoy the fact that, um, you know, university is there to teach me how to design. It teaches me process. And that's the kind of the thing that I always talk to people about this, like whether I'm designing a master plan, a house or a toilet cubicle, it's all about design process. You know, those are mm. the fundamentals of kind of what we do as architects. And, you know, for me, university does fulfill those things. So in one way, there's a disconnect and that's kind of a good thing because, you know, I don't want to be learning all the stuff that I need to do in practice because, yeah, you know, it's it's not necessarily that intriguing and, and and also you know policies change and and you know materiality things change and, and and regulations change and things like that so i think yeah in one way university is good because it gives you the the sort of backbone to your um architectural understanding but also you know it leaves graduates not knowing you know, not actually being that useful to companies, you know, in a lot of, in a lot of yeah. senses, there are, yeah. you know, uh, you know, software training, for example, I'm, I'm a big advocate for saying, you know, when you apply and we look at the CVs and things like that, you know, I'm not that interested in, in what software, you know, because, you know, software can be taught, but I'm kind of interested in your, your ideas and your thought processes and, you know, things like that. But, you know, a lot of architects need you to hit the ground running with, you know, on day one, right, we need to do this package, jump in, you need to know the basics, you need to understand, you know, the basics of the software and, and things like that. And, and a lot of universities don't give you that, that, that basis. So, mm. I mean, yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to hear about your experience. 
Yeah, well, not not too not too far away. I, you you will laugh because I know you do mentoring, and and I think that's so important. And I do a bit of career coaching, but I've been referred to by another coach as what would be the equivalent of the front end architect because I I don't talk about what you do in practice. But for me, the disconnect <laughs> that I see with a lot of people is the one thing in university that's kind of skipped off a lot is actually how to get a job, right? Because mm. it's been so long doing your your thesis and your 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 portfolio credits and all that stuff to be pinned up on the wall and it gets marked and then it's like go on guys go out there get a job and and how you do that is kind of um very 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 broad and i think that some universities are getting much better at doing that which is great involving um people in how to get a job near the end because you can't really cover it in like an hour seminar like no, okay no. you got to get your cv and portfolio and word out and you know having been a hiring manager as well having seen a lot of cv and portfolios there's different things that work some things that don't but it's very open to interpretation and how people get that style across but um yes when i was looking as a part one i remember putting software on my cv and i knew microstation very little i think i opened it like three times and i was like right i'll put that on the cv <laughs> that's three stars isn't it if you open it three it, times oh maybe right it's open to interpretation <laughs> why not again why i think you hate I, the star rating as much as i do oh yeah i call them the wheelie bars of nothingness you know i'm like 80 yeah. percent. it's um but yes yeah, so i think i put microstation on there and the practice that I joined in the end EPR, they were like, oh, you're microstation. That's good. Come here, go for an yeah. interview. Even though they did train us up, but it's one of them things of how these little bits, luckily, like you said, they didn't say, are you a microstation guru or anything? But these little bits of information that actually um, got me the job. But uh, to your question of when I was in industry, I was very lucky in my part one that I joined a very creative team and they kind of, Got me in the easier bit of first, Chris, by like um, doing some Photoshop and all this stuff with some general arrangements. And that was quite nice. So it really eased me in. The culture shock for me, though, actually was when I went to do my part two. And um, I think that because my part one uh, experience in, in the industry was good but it was maybe not as detailed focused as the team i went on i just mm. i i got thrown in chris to those technical drawings and i messed them all up kind of thing you know it was it was just one one disaster after another so i think that that could be another disconnection you know when you go back on your part two I think that hiring managers have a very different idea what they want out of their part two and and i I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Have you hired any part twos that have come back from university? And I imagine they've all got different experience that they part ones, right? Which can be disconnected. Yeah, I think, I think we've always been quite lucky because we have a lot of part ones that come back to us at part, after their ah. part two sort of thing. So it's that continuity. And, you know, I think, you know, you're probably doing something right if you've got people wanting to come back afterwards. So I think that's a positive, you know, for the, the company in general. Um, but yeah, you're completely right. It is. You know, and another thing, this is this is about that disconnect because of part one, you know, people, the part, there are a lot less part one job opportunities around, I feel like, you know, and it's, mm. it's much more difficult to get a part one job, you know, mm. and it's, it's, it's almost that thing of it being a rite of passage that, you know, you require other architects because they know the system and they know that we've all been through that process that you need to mm. support, you know, people at a young age and, and, and provide the jobs for a part one. And like you say, some part ones are ingrained in a team and they're supported and they're, you know, they are mentored and, and some mm. are there to, you know, do some coloring in and, and, you know, things like that. And that's the worst type. But, you know, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to belittle anyone, but it is, no. you know, some architect practices see it as a kind of an additional pair of hands rather than, some, than someone you're trying to bring along in the, in the, in the process. Right. And you're right at, at part two, is kind of when it all gets a bit more real and, and yeah. you know, you need someone to, to jump in and, and, and um, you know, hit the ground running sort of thing. Yeah. But as, as with anything, it's about understanding someone's level of ability, understanding 
you know, how much time and effort you need to put in as a employer, you know, as a, you know, someone's joining your team, you can't just expect them to write, you know, you, they want go off and do that. You need to understand them. You need to get to know them. You need to understand their abilities, their understanding. And I think that's in one part why I always, I've, I've always felt like, you know, you have to go above and beyond to mentor people properly. You know, it takes mm. an additional amount of effort from us as more senior people to explain something. And I've always been really passionate about, you know, stopping for a second saying, you know, setting, setting goals rather than individual tasks, you know, not just say, I need you to draw, draw this detail. It's about communicating what this means, what's the impact, what's the bigger picture, you know, and mm. letting people kind of, you know, learn in a way, guide themselves through this process, you know, and that's, you know, not, not every, not every practice and not every architects are the same in that way. And also because, you know, if you're under-resourced and, you know, you're not, you're, you're already up against it with fee and things like that, you won't have the time and the inclination to make that extra effort. And it is, it's the, the younger architects and the, the, the architectural assistants, which lose out on that support, you know, right. and, you know, while we're talking about it, they're the ones that then end up having to work extra hours and, and things to make up, you know, for all mm. of that, you know, the industry is just getting tighter and tighter and squeezed and squeezed. And, you know, we're, we're, we're fight, obviously, you know, UI and, and everyone else is trying to fight against, you know, mm. unpaid overtime and exploitation of, you know, younger members of staff and things like that. And mm. it's, it's such a balance. It's such a, you know, when you're trying to get experience and, you know, obviously when you go into practice, you want to try and make a good impression. You want to try and take on workloads and show that you can, you know, you can manage mm. them. And, you know, it's, it's such a tricky thing, you know, and, and it, all of us are just trying to help and try and make it a bit better. I think you're right. Well, well, if you saw me clicking away there, by the way, Chris, I wasn't deliberately being rude. I was bringing up that beautiful list of questions that you prepared for me oh, right. as the I host of the <laughs> no i'd be very i'm, I'm a bit rusty of <laughs> that now i would be the i'd be the one on your team with all you'd see you the feathering and all that would be gone no no no, no. i've um <laughs> i was bringing in a few things up now we'll just see what we can cover today because you're working this is your lunch break and we all appreciate you here but as you said it's very difficult isn't it the how we can break the exploitation of young young architects over overworked and underpaid now there's so many facets that I've seen. On one hand, I've I've been lucky that last year in particular, I did a lot of work in an architecture practice as their hiring manager at Ackroyd Lowry, mm -hmm. where they pay for overtime. And that was even a tricky thing, because what they've done, Chris, is that they pay for a certain amount of overtime, but they try not to pay any more over that because there is no overtime after that, because there's a point where... You know, it's it's you can almost encourage too much overtime, but it was extremely rewarding. All the staff love it. And it meant that by um, introducing paid overtime that the um, because that's all factored then into the, the projects, the budgets and you as an associate director, you're very acutely aware then of the costs and if the project is going over and under. And so I thought that was a good answer to one way that we can break the expectation of young architects um, overwork and underpaid is that the paid overtime should become more and more of, um, and uh, it shouldn't be such like a rarity in architecture. Mm. You know, it doesn't mean that practices have to do it, but I never heard of paid overtime years ago and, 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 it's, I'd love to you know, hear your if they, thoughts. If they can make it, if you know, if if these guys can make it work in their business model, you know, yeah. they 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 appear to be a very successful up and coming architecture practice. So, you know, if if they can work, make it work in their business model and and you know achieve great things, then why can't others? Mm. You know, for, mm. for me, that is that question. I mean, I mean, I don't know the answers, but you know, it is that thing. It's, it's like people talk about the four day week. You know, it's like if if some practices can do that then you know it's it is possible and it is it does require people at the sort of vanguard of of these sorts of things to be able to actually stop and listen to you know what 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 people want and you know i mean you'll be acutely aware that you know a lot of power is held in the uh 
you know, in 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 the people getting the jobs at the moment, looking for the jobs. Yeah. You know, the, the, yeah. the statistics are, are much different than they have been previously. I think, you know, when I was looking for a job previously, a long time, you know, a long, <laughs> I'm very very old and a long long time ago. When you know, <laughs> you're not old, can't. Don't worry no, about it. I feel old as well. Yeah, it's it's it was it was much a much different environment, and you know, obviously with with um, you know with the way things work, there'll be there'll be ups and downs and 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 things like that, and the market will follow that. But it feels like it's very much you know in favour of people, you know, wanting you know really positive cultures and and, and people being much more picky Correct. about their. Um, employer and you know benefits not just being a bit of healthcare here and there or a, a beer on a friday night being actual tangible you know i i uh, benefits I'm, and, I'm, and cultures you know i'm glad you pointed that out the foosball table it doesn't stack up anymore in 2022 it's a nice to have right but you, you you're very very accurate at the moment um, it's been nicknamed the Great Resignation, which basically mm. means that there are lots of people, especially last year, resigned, and that oh they moved on to other jobs. And I think that that the BBC last week said that there was a record amount of job vacancies in the UK at the moment. So there are much more job vacancies than there are job seekers. So you're right; we have the op- the architect has the opportunity to selectively pick where they want to work. So it's not just the foods, but it's the culture, isn't it? And it's the ethos. Yeah, and and I think that's that's really important. And I think that that's really one way to go. So you're right, in one sense, one way to break exploitation has kind of happened that there's there's a need for architects. You can't you can't just it's not the case if you've got ten people queuing up and they were to yeah, yeah, exactly. architecture practice. And so on that sense, I think I there think... is a thing about like there's a, there's a. I know it's difficult, but there is a thing about strength as well. Like coming into a practice and knowing your worth in a sense. Like it's very easy to come into you know, a very intimidating place. You know, a, you know, a, a particularly large practice will be. You know, there are systems in place which you don't fully understand and ways of working that you're not you're, you're not mm. aware of. And you know, I think a little bit of it is about holding your own and, and managing your own time. You know, and mm. I think, you know, the the I've never valued, you know, people working all hours. You know, I think I think I can see through it, and you know, I don't think, you know, I mean, you know, the, there are the people, there are the practices that, that that work incredibly long hours, and you know, things like that. But I think the general culture of fear of looking over your shoulder, of you know, oh, they're going home before me, and oh, should I stay a little bit longer to, you know, try and impress this person, like. I, you know, having having been through that period in my life and now, you know, on the other side of it, you have a lot of balance in that. And, you know, yeah. I, I value people that can do their job within the hours allocated them, do it effectively. And, you know, if it means, you know, just being a little bit, you know, one less coffee break or just being a bit more efficient in in what you're doing and trying to manage your time a little bit better, like... Yeah, it's easy to say because I'm not I'm not employed by a star architect that, that <laughs> you know wants to take the piss out of me constantly, and I haven't had that experience. I know people that have, but yeah. then then again, you know, if it's a if it's a buyer's market, don't go there. You know, if you if you've heard bad things, you know, there are things. You know, architecture is a small world. You know, if if people are aware that an yeah. employer mm-hmm. is you know has a bad reputation, and and there are a few out there that have very bad reputations when it comes to you know hours particularly. You know, stop stop knocking on their doors. You know, it's it's the power's in your hands to a certain extent, and yeah, th- their name might look good on your CV, but also if if you can see that someone's worked there for six months and burnt out, and you know that doesn't actually mean as much as people might think it does. Mm, I think think you're right, and uh, while uh, I quite like the provo- to some people that might sound quite provocative. But it really is true. If you don't fancy working those long hours, you really shouldn't go there. And and, you, and sometimes, as you said, on the scene, as it were, mm. there you definitely can kind of know about what a practice is before you're getting into it. It shouldn't be a shock going to certain practices that they work long hours. And while that can be provocative to some, actually what I've been talking about, I think was provocative to one of our guests 
um, on YouTube uh, when we were talking about fees and stuff. So I'm just going to bring it up. Ms. Slingsby says, Slingsby says, any thought the terrible pay is related to the fact that graduates are not skilled enough and the employer has to train up the staff for all the knowledge and skills not learned at uni. Mr. Slingsby, I, I don't agree with that. I think if you haven't got the time to train up a graduate, you shouldn't hire a graduate. And if there's not, and then the next bit was talking about um, the project cost, what is the project cost? You need more fee if you can't pay it over time. Well, then that's a good point because then it goes down to your fees. And when sometimes architects can um, sign up for low fees to win a prestigious project and all that stuff. And guess what? In my experience, if the fee starts on the project low, Chris, and you tell me if I'm right or wrong, you agree with this. But if the fee starts quite low, then already that project can be strained before it kicks off. And that's when, in my experience of seeing projects with fees lower, is that it's more likely staff will do overtime and all this crazy stuff to kind of yeah, make sure that. that the project gets out the door. Um, so my answer would have been to that is that the fee that you've got perhaps is too low and again i don't think that's a, um, a good situation for you because mr slingsby that might affect your reputation down the line in this modern world of glass doors all these employees are going to be talking about your long time and overpaid so hey but i really appreciate you sharing your viewpoint on you is there anything You'd like to add to that, Chris, or should we move on? Or? No, I, th I, th I think, I th to be honest, I think they're fair points. And, and I think there is an element of, you know, university should be teaching you X, Y, and Z. But, mm. you know, you might use, you know, you might use X software, you might use Y software, you might use Z software. <laughs> you know, it's, that is very varied, you know, because, you know, I might come out and I'm an ace at this thing or an ace at this thing. And actually, then that's yeah. not relevant to what you're doing. It's, yeah, for me, it's, it is about that core skill set. And, you know, I think there is, as, as with everything, architecture, there's a lot of learning on the job as well. You know, it doesn't have yeah. to be formal paid for training because I understand, you know, I do appreciate mm. that that's expensive as, you know, particularly if you're not a larger practice to, to factor in software training is, is probably an expense. Um, but also, like, you know, like we're saying, yeah, the problem is is part of the whole system. It is, you know, low yes. fees and the low fees push everyone down. But also it's the devaluing of the architect and, you know, no, no one appreciates yes. the, the, the value and skills that we bring to something. And that's the kind of thing that's happened over the X number of years yes. through, you know, the, 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 the watering down of our role and profession. You know, we're not contract administrators anymore. There's 60 people on the design team rather than five. And, you know, it's all part of the system. But... I don't think it's easy enough to just say the system's broken, so the youngest people are the ones that get screwed. You know, I, th mm. I think we need to kind of look at it in a holistic way, and and I think a lot of it does come down to fee. And yeah. you know, if you don't win that project at a low fee, but you you know you can put a fee in that's sensible, then surely as a business, that is that's the right thing to do. You know, it yeah. is. Yeah, don't know. I mean, no, you've you you yeah. you've you've handled the trickiest question with me together. Um, we, we got through it and I would just say even in even in recruitment because I don't practice architecture in in the in the sense anymore but I do recruitment and coaching and stuff like that for the architecture sector I still have competitors where the, the fees are low and I have to make a decision all the time not to lower my fee Chris because the moment I start working on these roles with lower fees I don't do such a good job my time is distracted I'm spread too thin and so it's not even just an architecture um, sector problem, it's being competitive. And I think, unfortunately, as well as that, while you've got developers and something and people moving the fees lower, actually architecture practices competing with each other to get the projects lower in the fees as well. That can also lead to what I call like the downward spiral, you know, mm. where in the end, someone wins the project at 2% and they go, we can't do this. So we're going to get yeah, the exactly. part one <laughs> and the part two and when the client comes in, we get everyone to sit at the desk. And when they go, we'll just, you know, they can go back to their teams. And like, I've seen that once. <laughs> yes. But they, all right. Well, well, let's see how we're doing for time. We've got a little bit more time. But you tell me, Chris, when we need to go in a bit. We, I want to bring it back to architects and instruction a bit, because I think a lot of what you do is very interesting and helpful. So in particular, I want to talk about the most important skills you think are to learn in architecture school. 
and you can expand upon that as well through your career. I'd love to know your thoughts on that. And while yeah, I'm yeah, going to sure. bring up some of your stuff as well. I look a bit younger in that fact. Oh, that's yeah. my emails. <laughs> God, you're, sh- you're showing it all, aren't you? <laughs> uh, G- yeah, G- GDPR. Like, well, like, I've been going for my accounts today, so people don't worry about it. But yes, so yeah. go yeah, yeah, through so it. It's quite pertinent, really, because I was, I was doing um, crits at Canterbury on Friday. So... It, it always reminds you of, you know, what the important skills are when you're watching people present their, I think it was fourth and fifth year um, mm. work. For me, architecture is about communication in the first, you know, it's all about communication. It's all about, you know, you taking said idea in your head and communicating it to somebody else, whether it be a client, whether it be a planner, whether it be, you know, a, a building regs person, whether it be a contractor on site or a specialist or a mm. user, you know, it's all about getting whatever this stuff is in here mm-hmm. out. And whether that is verbally, whether that's pinning stuff on the wall, for me, whether it's drawing, I mean, that is why I'm so passionate about drawing because I can't think of a way that I can communicate so effectively the spatial elements or the materials or the, you know, the, the convergence of lines than on a piece of paper with a pen, you know, there's mm-hmm. just not an easier, quicker way that is so, you know, the, the, the ingrained in my body sort of thing. I don't need to, you know, turn on Revit, model it, you know, add the parameters and print it out or whatever. You know, I can be on site, I can draw on a bit of plasterboard to explain to the the guy how to put together a certain detail. We can all stand back and we can talk about it, you know. So for me, the skill is communication, you know, in in all senses. And that's why Mm. I get quite fed up with, you know, the sort of navel-gazing architecture community of incredibly long words to explain quite simple things and, you know, Mm. because you know, to what end it's, it's, you know, we're all very impressed and we can all talk about it to each other. And, you know, it's a very intricate description of whatever you're trying to say, but, you know, isn't architecture about people, isn't it about community communities and, you know, users and stuff. So I think that we have such a ingrained thing of, and I, I completely went through it as well, like doing history and theory and stuff like that at, at uni, you get obsessed with these incredibly clever sounding things, but actually it's all about, you know, clear, succinct communication. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, it's for, you know, normal people at the end of the day, it's, it's, you're trying to, you know, I, you know, as, as with a lot of people, you get into architecture because you think you can make a difference and you can improve things. And, you know, and also I quite like drawing and stuff. So it's, you know, they're, they're quite simple things and, and it's about being able to communicate your ideas in that way, you know, and then, yeah. and then that can lead on to, you know, presentation skills it can move on to you know public speaking and stuff like that and you know crits are incredibly i quite liked crits to be honest i know it sounds really geeky but i always really like the crits it's yeah i know it's a bit weird isn't it um it's fine it's 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 a way to talk about your work and and you know talk about your ideas and have a discussion and you know, you can you can get offended by what, what, what people say, or you can have, try and have a constructive dialogue with them and, and try and learn something from it. You know, and, and it's always that thing of like the people that couldn't take that criticism were the ones that kind of weren't making the most of the crits. I mean, obviously, you know, people are bloody tired by that point and, and you know, nerves are a bit afraid. So it's easy to, <laughs> you know, stumble at a crit, but they're, they're so useful. Um, okay, so communication, I'll, I'll stop talking about that. So I communication is I, it's important. Don't worry. You it's so key. Um, yeah. And then for me, empathy is the other big one. So me being um. able to put myself in a you, you know, in somebody else's shoe. So I used to work at um a place called Hawks Architecture. They're based in in Kent. And we used to do beautiful one-off houses for people in the countryside. Um my boss mm. had been on grand design, so it was lots of grand designs types um houses. And that was lovely because it was for, you know, Mr. and Mrs. X or Y and, and they, they'd saved up all their money and they were, you know, trying to, you know, do this dream house. And 
you really had to try and get to know them. You understood the couple dynamic and you understood the family, you know, and, and the briefing process was lovely because you were trying to understand, you know, where they moved through the house and how they used it and how family, how it might adapt in time and family might move in or move out, you know, kids growing up or elderly parents coming in. And then you would throw in, you know, the sort of sustainable aspects and how, how, you know, the sun path works with everything. And, and, you know, it was all about understanding people, you know, how, mm. and, and at the end of the day, that's all it's about. You know, you can have architects that are obsessed with buildings as these technical machines of, you know, and how details come together. But, you know, the end goal for me is about, you know, either providing shelter or space for people, providing people a place of work to fulfill whatever role they need to do, or people improving, you know, a little extension on the back of someone's house will have a massive change to somebody's life. You know, if it's designed right, if it's designed by an architect who's thoughtful and listens and, you know, uh, super passionate about people actually fucking listening about, you know, <laughs> like, like <laughs> architects not pushing their own ideas and their own agendas on people. I mean, obviously we are the ones that come up with the ideas, but we need to be able to listen and filter that information and go through this thorough design process, um, you know, to give them maybe something they, that's unexpected, that, that isn't you know, the standard thing. And I have it all the time off of, you know, friends or people that aren't architects. It's like, oh, can you just draw us up a set of plans and do this? And it's like, it's not really about that. It's not just about, I want a box on the back and, you know, make it square and a circular window. It's about, you know, how it works, how your life works in that space and, and things like that. And, you know, for me, it's, it's, it's kind of what architecture is about. It's, you know, there is a result. Normally it's a building or it's a shelter or it's a, you know, whatever it is, but it's about people. So, mm. yeah, communication and empathy are my sort of big, big things. Love it. I, um, I want to add to that point before you tell us all about where everyone can find you and um, tell us about the Arctic instruction. But crits are so useful because con conveying concepts and, 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 and illustrating the people, your scheme is essentially... Uh, a skill that you're going to be doing in your job interview, right? It's mm. pretty much the same thing, except in the in the job interview, it's not just the project that you're 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 conveying or selling. And I know selling can be a, a controversial word, but in true salesmanship, you want to you want mm -hmm. to convince that person that you're the right person for the job. And I think that creates an amazing way to learn that because if you think about, and I always tell people, you know, you think about how stressful crits are, don't think a job interview is any worse and you've done it already. So if you've done a crit, you've pretty much done, done a job interview. So you can do it, you know what I mean? But I think people always have this perception of a job interview being like um, the Spanish Inquisition, you know, it's yeah. just like... Or, you know, the FBI looking at you, the lights in your face. And it's like, how well do you know, Revit? And it's like, well, actually, the job interview is just as much for you as it is for the client. Because I've seen people go to job interviews and at the end, Chris, they walk out and go, that wasn't the right place for me. Or maybe the other way, on the website, they weren't sure. And then they go for the interview and they're like, oh, my goodness, I'd love to work mm. on Chris's team. Or I went in that office and it was infectious, the energy. Okay, maybe the website isn't the best thing, but... Who cares about the website is where you're going to be working on a daily basis. Yeah, so I communication, super, super important. Right. So for anyone who was listening to your eloquent answer to that, they might have thought I was procrastinating and browsing around, but I am allowed to browse yeah. around this website because it's your website, Chris, isn't it? And so there's That's a few aspects to it. And I'm going to quickly bring it back to the main page. I love that you're doing the community. You can share my pain, the whole hard communities are, but it is yes, really cool. <laughs> it's a, yeah, but it's a great way to get in contact with you. So maybe tell us first of all, Chris, how people can find you and a little bit about what you have on this website for everyone yeah, yeah, sure. to enjoy and use. Um, yeah. So the address is, is, is down below. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's basically, you know, the main, the main element of the, of the site is the community page. And it's, mm. I mean, a lot of the time it's me talking <laughs> and, and, and sometimes others talking. But, you know, I think, I think you know, we're, we're quite new. So, you know, the plan Very is new, yeah. to become somewhere where, you know, we can share ideas, where people can 
post, you know, their their work, their questions. I have, I mean, to be honest, I have a lot of people contact me directly on Instagram. You know, um, Instagram yeah. was where I started it. So I get a lot of direct messages asking, you know, lots of different questions. And, you know, even if it's, you know, not actually sort of formally working with me, it's just kind of picking my brain. And, and I'm more than happy to, you know, help where I can. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, we offer paid services like mentor and one-to-one mentoring, CV yeah. reviews. Right. Um, portfolio reviews, um, other sorts of things like project reviews, you know, more than happy to work with you on your, your project or even presentation. Like I said, you know, like how to communicate your ideas succinctly. And I think that is such a big thing. It's such mm. a big thing in architecture school is being able to communicate your ideas, particularly, you know, final crits and things like that. And, you know, I'm yeah. really passionate about, you know, people telling a story, ordering things, in the way they want to try and communicate them. And that's, that's the quote I liked. Um, ah, that's you know, a good one. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, telling a story, having your boards, because, you know, there's nothing worse than you pin a load of drawings up and go, that's a thing, that's another one, that's a thing. And it's just, mm. you know, it's, it's about the story. It's about, you know, like Stephen's saying, you know, it's, it's about selling. It's, it's about selling your ideas and, and, and yeah. you know, why is, why is what I'm doing, you know, interesting and worthy and, you know, going to... Um, push architectural thought further and and you know what have i considered it's and it's not just a linear process it's about you know going through the way you want to talk about it so yeah super passionate about that and you know i think basically i'm not i'm not going to make this a sob story but um i lost my dad when i was 25 and lost my mum when i was 32 and that for me left a massive hole of not mm. I mean, it's a weird thing, but not having any parents is really strange. It's, it's such a massive shift in your life and not having that more senior support thing threw me completely. And that's right. when I started thinking about doing stuff like this because I've always had really strong mentors in my life and in, I've always been really, um, you know, really uh, kind of beneficial to have people in practice in my part one, in my part two, in my part three, and now I've had such strong mentors that have really supported me and really cared and gone out of their way to teach me things. And not everyone has that. You know, I've been really lucky in my career. And, you know, I can really appreciate, you know, not having that support and and being a bit lost. So Mm -hmm. I think it is, you know, I mean, obviously it'd be nice if if I can get a bit of money out of this as well. But it's, it's about trying to, you know, help people, you know, in that position that need a bit of guidance and, and, you know, I think I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of old enough to have been there a bit, but also kind of young enough to still be in touch with people that are, you know, going through that process. So Mm. yeah, hopefully, you know, it's, it's, it's about that. And it's about, you know, trying to impart a little bit of wisdom and, and, you know, like the, like the quote says, be who you needed when you were younger. I love it. I think, you know, very, very active on, Instagram very active on LinkedIn. We do lots of drawing workshops as well. So I've just done one for um, Clark and Well Design Week. So teaching oh, wow. people how to do um, single point perspectives, um, and that's the other aspect of, you know, my socials are, are very much about me sharing my drawings because you know I love <laughs> I love social media for being able to so, so, you know show work. You know I I started doing that during during lockdown. Because obviously, you know, I wasn't furloughed and I was still working from home. And, and But lockdown was quite difficult for me with two young kids, as I'm sure it was with lots of other people. And I just, I mean, I've always drawn, but I started posting my work on online. And I'd never done that before. I'd never really seen the value of social media. I mean, I mean, I had a Facebook account or a MySpace account way back when, but I'd never been, you know, sort of posting anything. And I started posting stuff and I would, I would, ta- I would draw you know, contemporary buildings in London, I would tag the architects that did it and the developers and, you know, people would then reach out to me and say, oh, that's lovely. Oh, do you want to have a conversation about this? And it was, it was almost like a way of making some connections by doing something worthwhile. Cause I got so yeah. much from just spending an hour drawing, like it was so cathartic for me. And also you were networking, you know, you were making connections with these people in this community and they appreciated that your time because you'd drawn a nice picture of their nice building. And we were, we started a discussion about, you know, their, their project and, you know, opened up lots of doors. And, you know, I spoke to lots of architectural photographers, for example, cause you know, I would, I would use their images as references and things. And, 
it then opened up, you know, this idea of, oh, actually social media is actually a really useful and amazing tool for me to, you know, spread myself through this architectural community and, and actually mm-hmm. start having these conversations. And then you, and then you read that, um, what's his name? Austin Cleon book about sharing your work, you know, online and stuff. And, you know, then, then there's a whole another level of, of, you know, how architecture students can start sharing their information online and how they can start having a presence and how they can, you know, start working on their own personal branding and, and things like that. And, and, you know, really tailoring, you know, their, their image and their things they're interested about and their passions in architecture. And, you know, presumably that makes it easier for you when you're we're going for a job because you can go, oh, this guy's really active on this and he's really, you know, kind of making connections and look at all his stuff on here. I mean, I'd, yeah. I'd be interested to hear your thought on that. Oh, it's true. And, and I think the more you get out there, actually the job opportunities come to you. So, for example, Chris, you know, you need someone who's a grasshopper whiz on, on your um, team. Well, if people are involved in Grasshopper London and all these meetups and all this stuff, maybe then the BIM manager knows someone and they go, Chris, I got someone for you. This is great. There's this great lady who's kick-ass at Grasshopper. I've met her mm. before. We'll get her in. And it's that, examples like that of actually when you put your stuff out there, the things come to you. And even in, in my sense of building a business, the more I put out there, the more stuff comes to me. And, and I, I think I think it, it generally does help. But to, to your specific question of a student, I think that good ways to start is LinkedIn. Um, Instagram, I think, is a good way to show visual drawing, stuff like that's really great. And then you can also put that on LinkedIn, but also I think LinkedIn's a great way to like connect, start connecting with people. Mm. It sounds silly and it can sound a bit um, facetious at first and all that stuff, but once you get past it, it's a really good tool for getting out there because the more you connect with people, you'll see what they're posting. You can then comment and, and you can get in the habit then, Chris, of talking publicly little by little because when I first started, I was really scared to kind of post online. It's like, oh my gosh, people judge me. And you kind of get past that point and you, you start trusting yourself to not say silly things, but you can, but then also you can, you, you get the balance. And so, I think that's a really important skill. And I think the other bit which will will fit in with me and you is um, communities. They're hard to run, and I push the convo, but it's really for people to participate, and I think they get a lot back from it. And and that's what I've seen. So in the Arctic Social Forum, especially during 2020, especially during lockdown, even though Bojo was having a beer and stuff, where we were all on the forums, um, it was quite nice. And and actually, the people that participated the most, uh, it was nice because they were they were active. But they all the messages that I get from people who had a good experience are the ones who contributed, and they they got the best out of it themselves. Mm, they made okay. it their own. So. I think people really have to start engaging with things online. And, and and I think it's a really good way to get off your ass and not be on Netflix and feel constructive as be part of a community, getting involved, sharing work, critiquing, going to all this stuff. So I think it's super important. The last bit I wanted to touch on, um, if it's cool, is you talked about um, paid sessions. I think that's really valuable. You give a lot of information for free, as do I, and and I do that because, especially social media is a very powerful way to get certain lessons out to the masses. You know, so I always say to people in my one to ones, I've said all the stuff on YouTube, but if you want me to sit down and look at all your yeah, work exactly. and you want that tailored thing, then my time costs money. And also the other thing that I've realized with that it's like a gym membership. It's like if you pay for it, you might go a bit more. But when it's free, sometimes people don't go. I've actually, Chris, done like free portfolio um, seminars and stuff and no one turns up. But if suddenly if I charge a hundred pounds, people are definitely <laughs> there and they make sure they're awake and they make sure they're not hungover and they're writing notes. So um, I do think there's nothing wrong with that. And especially as an associate director yourself, like Squires and Partners, I think it's incredibly valuable use of your time um, and people should definitely look into it. So just 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 before I go, there was one or two comments that came in. Oh, my mouse has gone to sleep. So Yanis says, currently working in a part one role, slightly worried that I'm going to lose my creative skills 
need to go back to uni as I've been learning more practical skills in the year out. Now, I think this kind of fits in nicely with your website, um, Chris. And Jans, if you're still there, I'm really not promise I'm not passing the buck, but maybe we can do this as a task here about communicating and networking. Do me a favor for the answer for that, because we're going to run out of time. Contact Chris on his website and he will <laughs> answer that question for you, which is here. But Only I think remember. you can. <laughs> yeah, I think that could be your next post, Chris, isn't it? And Yanis, you got to be there for it. And Mr. Anonymous says that a comment that I think the real problem in the UK system is that students in the placement years receive virtually zero help from the university because they've technically graduated. Ah, well... It is a little bit more complicated, but if you feel that way, Mr. Anonymous, you can check out Chris's website again, where you've got some help. And you can also check out my website, which there's a lot of stuff on there of resources. Unlike Chris, I t Chris does focus on job interviews and CVs and portfolios. We have that in common. He's great for talking about in practice as well. I mainly focused on recruitment because that's what I've done for the last eight years. So you can check out my website. You can check out Chris's, and I will not be offended. We're like, we're like two sides of the same coin. Yeah, 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 we're, we're exactly. <laughs> I think so. Well, thank you so much, Chris. You've been an absolute joy. People should reach out to you, and um, I know you're on LinkedIn as well. But is there anything you want to say just before we wrap up, Chris, and you go back to your beautiful family? Yeah, I just, you know, I, I think, you know, ask for help. You know, like architecture is a long career it's bloody difficult. It's, it's all over the place. You know, I think I did a post of, you know, your career doing this ups and downs and stuff. And, you know, like Stephen says, you know, the, the people that get the most out of these sort of things are the ones that join in. So, you know, ask that mm. question, join up to these things, get involved, you know, try and, you know, make connections, things like that. Don't just kind of sit on your own trying to look for the answer, you know, because there's help out there and there's people that are, you know, there's so many now, there's lots of sort of architectural content creators and things like that. There's, you know, there's lots of people saying very positive things in this space. And, you know, so look for the help and, and you know, we're here when you need us, I think. Excellent. Thank you, Chris. And for anyone else out there, if you've seen the mess, all this stuff is on eBay. So if you want to buy some of my stuff and support the channel, you can check out my 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 eBay account. Thank you so much, Chris. Sorry for the mess, everyone. Cheers, really enjoyed today. And a round of applause for everyone. I'm going to end the broadcast now. Stay in the studio for two minutes, Chris. But I will end yep. the stream now. Take care, everyone. Have a wonderful Thursday. <laughs>